This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Liz in Detroit show. It's been a bit since our last one, and I'm happy to say today we finally have Christian Draham with the Infatuations, who is like representative of that fabulous intro song that we have, the beginning of my show. So welcome, Christian. Thanks for having me. Um, a little bit later in the show, I want to finally talk a little bit about some cool news of um, some real estate listings that I have coming up. So please stay tuned for the whole show, and I'll give you some insight in some cool spaces that have yet to be listed. So as we begin, Christian, again, uh, I know I've been trying to get you on the show for a couple of weeks now. So I'm happy that it's today, especially after last week's Detroit Music Award. So congratulations on your winnings. Thank you. Yeah. What what did you guys win again? Tell us. Um, we picked up four awards, and uh, we picked up Outstanding uh, Rock Pop Group, Outstanding Urban um, Artist or Group, Outstanding Live Performance, and Outstanding Urban Songwriters. <laughs> I'm you. so excited. That's really fantastic. And how many years have they been doing the Detroit Music Awards? This is their 25th uh, anniversary. Crazy. Event. And you guys have been up for what? 20 this, of those years, right? No, I mean, the infatuations, uh, started, we started in 2009, and we started really playing live shows in 2011 by the time we had a band really built and started really getting our, our legs under us. And since 2013, we've taken home, I think, 12 statues, and then since 2011, 11 and 12, we took home the People's Choice Awards. So, That's so I think fantastic. 14 collectively or something. Yeah. But a couple times getting the... Outstanding live performance. You got that in fourteen and in sixteen. That's really great. I, I've actually seen you live a few times. One of which was a really cool outdoor. I think it was the Scotch Whiskey Festival in um, Ferndale. It was about a couple years ago, and well, I was pig like, and so, whiskey. "Pig and whiskey." Yeah. Thank you. And it was so fantastic because I, you know, who? How often can you go to see live music and then be like, "I know that guy." You know, when you're up on stage, so I was like really proud to like yeah, see. It's been like, a while since you've seen the band, and it's been a lot of changes. I know different lead singer. Well, yeah, you got to so see us with Kendrick. You guys, the infatuations, as you're saying, you've evolved quite a bit since you guys got started. So, like, tell us about that. How you guys came to be and where you guys are now. Um, well, that story can go on for a long time <laughs> as far as how it came to be. <laughs> in 2009, uh, yeah, actually, late 2008. A friend of mine, Janelle Stone, had reached out to me, and she was opening a new uh, lounge inside Greektown Casino that she was the uh, head of entertainment and food and beverage there at the time, and it was called Eclipse Lounge, and she said, hey, will you put an acoustic thing together to help bring some of the old friends and nothing that's going to take much effort or work? <laughs> Keep that in mind. Right. <laughs> Something super easy that is kind of a no-brainer. So, yeah, I uh, built the infatuations as a result of that. But no, it started out with myself and another guy just doing acoustic stuff. And the first gig, um, a buddy of his came up. We were just playing cover songs. We weren't even messing with writing songs. Now, this this uh, guy, Marco, who uh, I started doing these gigs with, we started talking about putting what became the infatuation together in 1999. So it took us about 10 years to do our first gig. But it was just cover stuff anyway. Sure. It was just songs he knew that were easy in a songbook. We didn't really put much thought into it other than, all right, here's a bunch of songs people know. Right. So 
And then uh, we started playing around with some song ideas. Like, hey, remember we talked about messing around with some song ideas? Hey, remember that one idea? And then we started switch, we switched gears pretty quick and let, let's see what we can do with this. Then sometime during that year, I joined Ty Stone's band and started doing a lot of touring with him while we're building the infatuation still. And um, in 2010, the Infatuations did a couple performances up, actually opening up for Ty at St. Andrews Hall. Sweet. But then uh, I went on tour with Ty for a few months in 2011, opened up the Kid Rock Born Free Tour, which is a good experience, you know, playing arenas and stadiums and yeah. festivals. That was pretty cool. Um, and then got one, as soon as we got back, I had a bunch of dates lined up for the Infatuations, and we had three guitar players for a period of time just in case I was going to be gone on the road. <laughs> And we only ended up actually exercising that once after I stopped doing all that touring with Ty. But that was so I could go to an event that was taking place in Detroit and the bank could go down and play a festival in Cincinnati. But, um, yeah, so that was, uh, what, 2011. We started playing a lot of gigs and you know, kind of built the band. We had a great 2014, released our first full-length album called Detroit Block Party, and the lead singer quit at the end of the year to start his own solo career. Great. And I, it was a, we had a show coming. He quit December of fourteen. We had a show coming up December twenty sixth of fourteen. So it would have been that was his last show with us. But I had immediately reached out to a, a gentleman named Terry Martin, who I had met Kendrick Hardaway through when I was um, at Shane Park. Actually, I had a a local band contest that was with Doug FM at the time, who I think is Nash FM now. And um, Kendrick was in that contest, and I, I reached out to Terry. I'm like, Hey, can you have Kendrick give me a call? And he goes, what can I tell him regarding him? The infatuations are looking for a lead singer. He goes, I'll have him call you right away. And I get a call from Kendrick. He goes, what's the matter with the guy you got? <laughs> She's awesome. I'm like, yeah, but he quit. He goes, what? So Caleb went off to do his own thing. He just released his own tune, and that's been getting a lot of play on WDET. So it's kind of neat. You hear the infatuations, then you hear Caleb's solo sure. song. So mm-hmm. it's kind of neat. And um, But, yeah, so when Kendrick joined the band the end of 2014, and uh, he did his first full gigs with us. He did three songs with us at the Magic Bag, December 26th. But then his first full gigs with us in Bowling Green in March. And then he did Detroit Music Awards with us at the Fillmore in April of 15. And then Detroit Black Party was his first full show in Detroit with us in May of 15. We've done a whole bunch of stuff since then. And uh, now, you know, come to summer of 2016, our Detroit area show is at, the, uh, at Shane Park opening up for Sheila E. and Tower of Power. On Friday, July 22nd. And if you need more information, honestly, guys, to find out about the show, I strongly suggest that you do that. Give us your your decals here, your Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, or whatever, how people can find out about you. Uh, We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, just the infatuations on all of that stuff. And then theinfatuations.com is our website. And if you go to theinfatuations.com forward slash monster, you can download our latest EP for free. That's But you have to do it from a computer because most phones, at least Apple phones, will not let you download songs directly (laughs) to them. I don't know how many times I have those conversations. It's kind of funny. It's like, you got to go through iTunes to get anything on your phone. You have to sync it. (laughs) People get mad and they give up. I can't download it right to my phone. Really? I'm giving you free stuff that we spent thousands of dollars to record. Well, I thank you for allowing us to use that great intro song that I just, it gets me pumped. I didn't know you were using the live one. Yeah. Is that okay? Uh, no, that's fine. Just to, you got the wrong singer on there. I'll send you. I'll send you more yes, current track. Yes, okay. <laughs> I need the current track. Thank yeah. you. No, that that's from the Fillmore in October okay. of fourteen. Okay, so please, yeah, yeah get, no. send me the new yeah, version. No. no, it's a different song. I'll just okay. send you a different. We okay. have a live record coming out later this year on vinyl. Okay, it was cut in Bowling Green last fall. Okay, I love it. And now, I mean, as you go through this, I mean, 
you obviously are very committed to your music. How do you deal? I mean, obviously you are dealing and you move past when you have these kind of changes, but like how long have you been into music? I mean, you obviously are so dedicated to, to this is like, as an art form as your, you know, I joined my first band in February, 1990. Wow. And the first, like stage I played on, well, first gig I ever had was at a roller skating rink. And then my second gig, which was in a real music venue, was at St. Andrew's Hall. Okay. So that was the first stage I ever played on. So that was pretty cool. That's that a great was, that stage. Was Halloween night, 1990. So it's been a long time. That's awesome. 25 years. And probably, it, you know, five years of playing, 20 years of waiting around. And I mean, have you been able to keep up with like music as. I mean, I guess a lot of people struggle in making music and being able to support themselves with what they love and their art form. Like, oh, I sell mortgages full time. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the link here, people. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about um, yeah the company that you're with now, please. So interesting thing. So I didn't really think about this work, social media working against you. Sure. But in 2014, I was highly visible with the infatuations. We were all over the place. We were touring. Mm-hmm. So we were really busy, but I was still selling loans and you know doing mortgages from the van wherever, sure, hotel whatever. Yeah, same thing I did with Ty in 2011. Right. Social media was around then, but right. it didn't really get in the way. It sure. actually kind of I picked up loans as a result. Sure, what had happened in 14? A lot of people just figured that's all I was doing. It wasn't doing the uh, mortgage uh, financing anymore for folks. So. It's one thing to have a conversation with someone that, oh, man, I would have went through you and you just lost out on a commission or something or a yeah. closing. But it's another thing when you hear someone um, went through a horrible experience and you could have made their lives so much easier. Right. So I started to rebrand myself in a kind of a campy, corny way, the rock and roll mortgage guy. But it kind of says, OK, he still does that. I like That's it. That's the point. I like it. I don't <laughs> the think artist in me can't stand it. But sure. she, you know, the, the marketing dude to the mortgage side gets it. So. Well, I've, funny. <laughs> I've had the fortune of actually working with you, so I know that you know what you you know you know what you're doing. And to me, with the relationships that I build, whether you know with mortgage lenders, with you know appraisers, inspectors, whatever, it's it's working with people that know what they're doing. So we just got to give you more business. Yes. Yes. Lots of business, please. <laughs> yeah, Michigan right. and Texas. Right. Just going to throw that out there. Nice. <laughs> so. You know, this obviously when you hear the infatuations, you see the undertones of like, you know, it's 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 a big band group and which is kind of what I I love about it. You know, it gives me the feeling of like these old bands that you, you know, you remember back in the original Motown days, you know, because you have so many pieces to it. And again, how you have, you know, if you have members moving on, you know, how you keep that sound together to me is really important. Like, how do you do that? Well, like I, this, a lot of this started with a vision. Yeah. I had a band called Blue Eyed Soul in the 90s that was real funky and but a lot of distortion guitars and minor chords. So it's like an alt funk band or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was the singer had a weird voice, Mike Wilson's. Yeah. It sounded like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's running me Andrew Wood that was in a band called Mother Love when I first met him vocally. He sounded like that. So he's just kind of a, a just an odd voice, but I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but that was a real funky type of thing, the way it ended up. So the infatuation sort of built on that. But, you know, as you get older, turn the distortion down, the guitars clean up. And sure. So as far as that sound goes, that's always been the vision. It's very Detroit influence, whether yeah. it be, you know, George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic to Motown to just 
all the rock music that's come out of here yeah. from the 60s on forward. Um, I mean, I'm always finding, like, there's a band called One Freak that I really like around here right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm influenced by a lot of the local stuff. I hate to give it that term, but, sure. you know, bands that are just working this area, actually One Freak, we brought them to Chicago. They've been to Texas, mm-hmm. a few other places, but they're a great band. There's a lot of really good music to be into around here. Um, but back to your question of how do you maintain that sound, I mean, that's just kind of it. You know, there's a, you know, the uh, that's the sound of the infatuations. It's, yeah. So no matter who the members are rolling in and rolling out, we're always going to maintain that sound, and, you know, that's where the focus of the vision is. Yeah. And expanding on that, so... Detroit's got a lot to offer sonically. One thing we've not even scratched the surface on, we haven't even messed with that at all, mm-hmm. is electronic music. Yeah. And this is the birthplace of that, too. Sure. So that's definitely in our future how to implement that, mm-hmm. whether that be us you know, experimenting on our own or just adding another element, such as a DJ to the band. We've talked about that. Um, we've talked about keyboards and horns and all kinds of stuff. We always end up going back to just two guitars. Sure. So we make a lot of sound with two guitars, stepping on weird guitar pedals. You definitely do. So a lot of that came from hearing gangster rap records. Mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg. No, <laughs> I want to do that, but with a guitar. And I think that guy in Rage Against the Machine was using that weird pedal. I bet I could make it do that too. So you start stepping on all these weird guitar pedals and next thing you know. Yep. I, yeah. You and I are, pretty, I think pretty close to the same age and I, I feel fortunate to have grown up in a time of, you know, not so much influenced by the 70s, but through the 80s strongly of like what great music we actually grew up with. And it was such a different time. Like there was so much diversity that came through in the 80s and even in the 90s that you, I can't think of being impacted by, you know, all of that. And it was so much about music like I, you know, very saddened by the recent news with Prince's passing, you know, and I just remember like in elementary school, it's like we were always having these battles. Who do you like better? Is it Prince or Michael Jackson? You know, it's like that's who we used to listen to. And it was just like fantastic. And it was just amazing, I think, to to really know that and experience that is such a big part of, you know, (laughs) of my childhood and even like the kind of music and stuff I listen to now. Here's the only thing I know when I hear, see those things about the Prince versus Michael Jackson. The only thing I know, that event's going to be awesome because the music is just going to be great. Exactly. Like. Right. <laughs> I don't care who wins. I'm right. just there for the party. <laughs> right. And if they still do it, I remember in my they do. Well, Northern Lights. Northern, Northern Lights. I was just yeah. going to say, if you get a chance and you're in Detroit for when Northern Lights does their Prince Michael Jackson playoff, it's fantastic. Please go. Speaking of which, Kegger, who is no longer part of Northern Lights, is yes. having a rough time right now. So there's a benefit for him at yeah. Hastings Street Ballroom on Sunday, May 15th. The Infatuations will be playing, um, Half-Life, Doc Colony. There's a bunch of bands. Please, if you uh, I'll be sure to get the information on my website regarding that particular benefit. Kegger, both um, Christian and I know from... Many moons ago, is just an amazing person. Motor Lounge, yes. If those of you remember Motor Lounge, yes. Um, So I'm dating us. (laughs) I'm really looking forward to yeah helping out with that event any way I can. So that's Showtime. Dan is the one who's putting it on of all people too. Really? Mm -hmm. That's so great. Wow, that brings back memories. He's a good dude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is great. I mean, I'm a, you know. Just where I am in the world of like real estate and seeing things change so much in the city of Detroit, like keeping this element of the music and great sound to me is is a really good balancer, I think, 
around all of this other nuances and these changes that we're seeing in the city. It's like great to see the consistency that we have, you know, with yeah, this great music. Which you just reminded me. So at the Detroit Music Awards, yes. Howard Hertz, who's the president of that, made an announcement that he and a group of guys are just spearheading something to get some investors involved and, cre- and basically rebrand Detroit as Music City, but also create a Detroit Music Museum that oh. celebrates all the music that's come out of here. That like, would be How huge. did Cleveland end up with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I still can't get my head around that. I don't know. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> well, I would just, things I would love to see. I know for a while you were doing some events at um, Shane Park. Yeah, I'm still booking stuff there. I have Rat and Warrant coming there, and we got all kinds of fun stuff coming right, up there so, this summer. You know, again, there's so many great venues, um, people, if you're looking for great opportunities to hear great music in Detroit. But again, um, check out the lineup for shows at Shane Park this summer. I, I, you'll be very happily surprised with the diversity of music that comes out of there. Um, so great chance. Just check check them out and and go to it. And again, just to, re- to let you know, Friday, July 22nd, the Infatuations will be playing again at the Shane Park Amphitheater. So be sure to get tickets for that show as well. Yeah, we're opening for Sheila E. and Tower of Power. Gosh. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, to move into our world of real estate, because I have to remember that this is also part of the show, I've got to keep you guys posted of all the cool things that are happening in the city, aside from great music, great people that still continue to do wonderful things in the city. Um, <clears throat> I want to keep you updated about um, the marketplace and haven't really set too much of a focus on what's going on and where. Um, so I'm going to do that today in hopes that I do a better job of highlighting some key areas where I see there's some great opportunities um, for investment. Um, the big one that I've been working on for the past year and a half has been um, the final sales of the units at the Park Shelton. And we just got four units come on the market, I should say just vacated, that are going to be placed on the market as soon as we get them show ready, um, that are going to be pretty spectacular. You know, one bedroom starting at about 189000 to some premier two-bedroom, two-baths at like 334000 I've got a lot more details regarding financing and um pricing uh, of those units, their monthly condo fees. So please be sure to um, log on to my website, lizindetroit.com, or you can also access my listings through um, realtor.com, any of the major websites as well as we're going to be posting all these listings on my Facebook page, which is also lizindetroit.com. So you can get more information on those particular listings, Um, as well as some other outside listings that I have. If you're in love with the Loft Market downtown. I've got a listing coming up at the Lofts at Rivertown. It's a great studio space at a very affordable price point. I think of 132000 for a little over 800 square feet. Um, low monthly fees, still low associ- uh, Excuse me, um, taxes because it's still in the neighborhood enterprise zone, so that hasn't expired yet, so you can benefit with taxes under $1,000 a year. And then I'll also be listing a really awesome one-bedroom, one-bath townhouse. If you guys remember in the Art Center townhomes, that's that area that's just north of the Park Shelton, south of 94. There's a cluster of townhouses that were built uh, early to mid-2000s. And I've got a great one-bedroom, one-car garage attached that's going to be coming up in about a week, priced at one seventy-five. Um, getting some... Repainting some new flooring coming through the unit, so it'll be ready with photos probably within the next week. Um, 
with clients lately, I've, I've aside from the downtown Detroit market, which as many people have they've been researching, you know, prices are going up. I've, I have those clients, and I'm glad to be working with those clients that are trying to search for those outlining neighborhoods where you can still get things, you know, under a hundred thousand. And I've been looking at a lot of properties lately in the Bagley um, subdivision, which is just west of Livernois, you know, clustered between like six mile and eight mile, um, just west of that, yeah, of University District. And there's some pretty spectacular houses in that area. Um, if you're looking, please let me know because I've gone through some great places that definitely deserve the attention if you're interested in that whole area. And as you probably know, Christian, that whole Livernore Corridor is it's just... beautiful. It's popping right now, too. The green acres and everything. People want to be there. Yeah, and people are paying over list price for stuff. Yeah. Seeing FHA is having a hard time getting any wins right now. Conventional or cash seems to be king. And I hate to be one of those people playing on that bandwagon, but it's really tough. Because it's, the criteria that you know the appraisers slash inspectors are looking for, it's really kind of tough. You know? And there's not a big difference in an FHA appraisal and a conventional appraisal these days. There's tons of pictures in both. It's very little. It really depends on the inspector, though, too. Don't, wouldn't you say? I mean, what uh, they may cite if there are issues. I think people... But, the, but an FHA appraiser is also a conventional appraiser. Yeah. So that's... All right, you throw that's up a, that variable thing. It is. I mean, get, definitely if, if you can't move up to the conventional loan, obviously if the certain you know income bracket or credit scores place you in that, it's just a little bit more challenging. It's um, a lot more challenging to get a house right now with FHA. Well, <laughs> That's I, well, what the mortgage guy is saying. I mean, I'm talking about I'm running numbers for people on 30-some properties before they get an offer accepted. And a lot of these people are flipping from FHA. I had two just convert from FHA to conventional. Yeah. And I've been working with both of these buyers since October, and they just both got contracts accepted over the weekend. And about two weeks ago, they switched over to conventional. Are you working with a lot of the 203Ks anymore? I get calls about them mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they end up buying a home conventional or just regular FHA, yeah. but I can still do them. And well, I can do the, the Fannie Mae homestyle renovation loan, too. I just don't get a, a lot of the problem that I run into the folks that really want to do it, they want to be involved and have a self-help agreement so they can save money. Sure. They don't want to have to pay general contractor pricing. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with that is yeah. I don't have the ability to do it without having a GC involved and somebody yeah. to oversee it. Well, that's – I mean that's how I'm getting my FHD, FHA deals to go through is like flipping that into a 203K. And again, we're still dealing with buyers that are mindful of, you know, they don't have fifty to sixty thousand dollars additional to spend, but yeah. you know, stretching those funds to maybe fifteen to thirty and what they can get for that. So, well, those are great loans too because there's some homes that the kitchen's missing. Right, I'm dealing with one right now. <laughs> it's a beautiful house, but new kitchen, like no walls even. Well, here's yeah. the problem with FHA: you're limited to a max loan amount of two seventy one fifty dollars plus the upfront mortgage insurance in Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, Livingston, Washtenaw. I mean, everywhere around here, you're just limited now. Sure. I mean, it's been like that for a while. For a little while, you could get up to, I want to say, two ninety seven five, and then three sixty two in Washtenaw. However, with the conventional renovation loan, four seventeen. That's huge. So, and especially that's a if whole the other values market. are there, if the values right. are there, you know, and if you can get a house in the upper twos, and I mean, think about Indian Village, right? You could easily run into four four hundred grand by the time you buy it and renovate it. And we're seeing some of that peak up a little bit mm-hmm. more in the West Villages with the envelope of the pricing bumping up over a hundred thousand. But you're still dealing with a lot of these houses that need a hundred thousand dollars worth of work. But with the comps coming up, you can pull that money out of a rehab loan. I have a question for you. Sure. So there's this new loan that 
is existing in the city of Detroit. Yes. That a few banks like Flagstar, Tomer Bank, and right. maybe Huntington are behind. Yes. Um, have you had any experience with that loan program yet? I'm working with actually with two buyers right now in that very program, um, just in the initial stages. So I, I'll let you know when it goes yeah, through. Yeah, I'm real curious. But one one property in particular that I'm working on with the client in the Bagley community is is using that loan through Talmer Bank. And then another couple I'm working with, in the, if you're familiar with the area called the Pingree neighborhood, which is just north of... West Village and Indian Village, I'm I'm becoming much more familiar with that neighborhood because you can actually buy not a big house, but let's say a house that's about 1,400 square feet for $40,000. Wow. Who wouldn't want to do that? And this house, it was just, it was on the market. I think we were up against like five or six different offers, you know, and thankfully my clients could go cash, but they're going to turn around and flip it in a rehab loan so they can actually pull out the money to do the necessary improvements that they want to do. But Having that edge to do that enabled them to get it versus up, they had other bids um, above asking price with, with loans, but my clients got it because it was cash. But that neighborhood to me is really great. It's right next to a church that's heavily involved in the revitalization of that whole neighborhood. And again, it's a little bit north of your Mac Avenue. Um, but to me, you know, we're, we're having to seek out these areas because not everybody is going to want to be in Detroit and spend $400,000 for a house right. and the tax implications of that. Yes. So being able to seek out, you know, neighborhoods that are a good investment, you know, let's hope a safe investment um, for people is really important. And I, I strive, you know, daily to be able to provide that to my clients. Yeah. And my mind is blown at what I see going on in Rivertown right now. I am. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's really crazy. Another area that I really like, but it's still, it's a little bit off the wayside is like the Jefferson Chalmers, like Alter Road South. Not so much the Clink Island because nothing's come over there. Downtown Jefferson area. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be cool. I just, yeah, I I have good high hopes for that whole area because there's some beautiful houses. Right up to Gross Point there. So, you know, somebody's going to run with that. It just. Give it six months or something. <laughs> Let's hope that quickly. You know, I'm hoping within the next couple of years, you know, but um, I, I still think that there's there's bound to be that stretch further down the Jefferson corridor as we're seeing those prices increase. People are going to be seeking out, you know, other affordable neighborhoods. Yeah, they, that there's a firm out of Chicago that was just awarded the redevelopment of the East Riverfront area. So they just held their first meeting at the... Outdoor Adventure Center in Rivertown. Nice. We're going to have four more that are coming up. I think they're all done by, I, I want to say, by October or September or something like that. Maybe even sooner, maybe August. That's, but it's going to be, that's the area you're talking about that's going to make gonna that make pop It's going to make such off. an incredible impact. It's not going to reach that far. It'll mm-hmm. reach Pat, you know, it'll start just past, I think, um, Belle Isle. Sure. But I think it'll reach. You know, Every little bit helps. And if we can get some kind of a fast transit. You know, a high high speed bus system or something along that Jefferson corridor because we already know that there's plans for that along um, Michigan Avenue, Gratiot, and even Woodward beyond our light rail. You know, we need this for the city to make it. We definitely need that. You know, to connect those dots. Absolutely. Well, once again, I appreciate you finally coming on the show, Christian. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. And hopefully as time changes and, and we are able to bring on, we might even have you guys come back and do some live recording on 
on the show, which would be wonderful. But again, if you need to reach me, please call on my cell, 313-617-2699, or my website, lizindetroit.com. Facebook, Twitter is exactly the same. Christian, if you want if you want to see infatuations, of course, you can go on to the infatuations, Twitter, Facebook, and find out where their next shows are. But if you want to talk to Christian, the rock and roll mortgage broker, how do they reach you, Christian? So christiandreheim.com or 313-410-8445. And I have a Rock and Roll Mortgage Guy Facebook page floating around out there, too. Fantastic. Thanks. So thanks for having me. Thanks for playing the infatuations on your show. And I look forward to some new tunes to bring on the show. Awesome. All kinds of fun stuff. Thanks. Take care. See you next time, guys. This is a previously recorded episode.